morning, everybody, and welcome to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88.0. Positively different radio right across Australia. You're with Lyle and Mon in the morning. Good morning. My first day on radio, Lyle. I'm so excited. Actually, I'm lying. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) How do you morning people do this? This is insane. Well, it's it's, it's been a busy morning and it's been a busy weekend for you as well. Yes, it has been. Do you know what? I I want our listeners to let me know because I'm guessing if they're listening early, they are morning birds. How do you become these morning people, these freaks of nature? Please. Send me some tips ah, well, on our Facebook. Wanna... Let me know. Yes, shoot it through on our Facebook page or you can give us a call on our numbers 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669 if you'd like to send us a text. Now, of course, you're listening to the delayed broadcast. And so if you would like to listen to us live, which is so much more fun. Mm, so much more fun. And you give us a call and have a chat. And, you can uh, listen to us stuff up. questions <laughs> and, yeah, listen to us make all kinds of mistakes, all that kind of thing. Okay, so to listen to us live, Mm -hmm. if you are in a delayed broadcast area. And you know what? There's another cool thing about this as well. Not only can you listen to us live, but you can get a better signal and often in places where the signal strength is a little weak. So if you're mm-hmm. kind of on the edge of, uh, of a listening area, then you'll get a strong signal by listening to us live online at faithfm.com.au. Mm-hmm. However. You can also get the app. That's right. It's the TuneIn app. Just get the free version. Don't worry about the paid version. They both yep. work fine. That's it. And, uh, and you can listen via the app. And, uh, you know, my family listens in Tasmania. They listen live. So, yep. yeah, yep. you can tune in from every corner of the country. Planet even. Maybe, That's right. Maybe if Elon Musk has his way, you can tune in from Mars one day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, absolutely. And so, um, yes, do 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 uh, grab that app. And the great thing about the app, of course, is that um, you can run it through your car stereo, Bluetooth, oh. aux cord, um, through a tape player insert. Um, there's a million different ways. And, and you never have to worry about a pause. So strong signal wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Digital radio, it's way forward. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so coming up in today's show, we have an interview with a Adele. Adele is interviewing somebody, and uh, I'm going to leave that one for a surprise for you. Yeah, because it's a surprise for me too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we have our encounter with God. We're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul. Paul slash Saul. Paul slash Saul slash Paul. Oh, we've decided to go with Saul slash Paul. Saul mm-hmm. slash Paul. Try saying that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have, uh, of course, Life Matters with uh, Love Matters with Neil Thompson. And we have our current affairs section, our Q&A section. We've got a quiz question coming up. We've got the giveaways. The giveaways are the best part. We know that's why people listen because they want free stuff, right? (laughs) What have you got planned for this week, Mon? There's a whole week in front of us. There's just so many possibilities. What could Okay, this week, Lyle, I literally just want to recover from my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be lots of napping happening. Uh, So for those of you who are listening, I just moved up to Newcastle from Melbourne and I drove 12 hours on Friday. Yes. Oh, by the way, on days other than like today, we have this big yellow thing that um, turns up in the sky. We call it the sun. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, I can't wait <laughs> to meet Knights that thing. Melbourne don't know what that is. <laughs> Come on now, we get plenty of sun in Melbourne. Um, yeah, and then Saturday was a, a bit of an adventure. We know we went to church. I had a great sermon in church, actually, was about the sanctuary, which I really enjoyed. Looking cool. forward to part two next yep. Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sabbath, we had a bit of an adventure, which ended up sort of bordering, I guess, on more of an ordeal. Well, we kind of got stuck in a river for many, many yeah, hours. Very, very, we went, it, it was a very slow river, very slow river. It was a slow river. Yes. We were going to float from one end to the other and it ended up taking, I don't know, almost to midnight, I yeah. think. 
Not quite. Anyway, uh, very quickly, what's our quiz question for today? Our quiz question today is a who am I? So the first clue is I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. All right, who's trying, to find, who's trying to find justice for ancient Israel? Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your answer or send us a message on Facebook. At this particular time, we're going to listen to All Sons and Daughters, We Are Waiting.
You were listening to All Sons and Daughters. We are waiting here on Faith FM. And Mon, yes. good to have you on the radio. Okay, so Mon, this morning we are listening on to the news. We've got some big news for Australia today. Oh. Um, in that we will have a new Deputy Prime Minister by the end of the day. Oh, finally. I've just been waiting for this story to wrap up. I feel like I feel like such a millennial. I'm like, oh, can this scandal just be over? Can we move on to the next one? So yeah. I'm kind of glad Barnaby just stepped down and now we can just move on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I think this is this is an opportunity for us to um, you know take this seriously and to spend some time in prayer. I think as as Christians we should be praying absolutely. today. Absolutely, uh, there's a passage in the Bible from First Timothy chapter two, and verse one it says, "I exhort." This is this is the old English one. I like mm-hmm. this. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications or requests, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks is made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority. And of course, the position of Deputy Prime Minister here in Australia is an important position and um, a, a position of tremendous authority and one that will shape the future of our country to a large extent. And so it says, you know, this is something that we should pray for, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. So he's starting to move on into another subject there now, which is a great subject. But the main point of what comes out here is that you know Paul asks us and encourages us to pray for our leaders, which I think is something we don't do that often. And actually just reading this Bible verse gives me hope because I often feel like, do you know what? Political leaders, they're so corrupt. Is there any point even praying for them anymore? Like, is it really going to make that much of a difference but then seeing the bible seeing that it tells us to pray you know and knowing about bible prophecy and how god is in control at all times even though it just feels like it's definitely not under any control anywhere anymore it's just it's really heartening to read that from the bible yeah absolutely and of course you have uh in daniel chapter 2 um you have this famous passage where you know in, in verse 20 daniel said you know, blessed is the name of God forever and ever. His wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings mm-hmm. and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who know understanding. Of course, kings is, is, is an old um, an old word really for political leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bible says that, yeah, God is ultimately in control and that while we might look out in our political landscape and think what a disaster and how out of control is all of this, that ultimately God is in the one is the one that's in control and we need to be bringing these people to God in prayer. Amen. And of course we need to be praying for uh, for Barnaby Joyce and his family. Mm, absolutely. Um, it'd be a horrible thing for all of them at this particular time. Every single person in this family would be just be going through a horrific time and that's not nice for anyone. Regardless of what the wrongs and the rights and the otherwise, you know, what's done is done. Let's pray for these people. Are we going to pray for the new guy? Who is the new guy, by the way? Well, we will find out by the end of the day. Is your money on anyone? I think there's only one person standing at the moment, but uh, not being a prophet or a son of a prophet, I will leave that for the uh, (laughs) National Party to sort out as they get together today. Lyle, I would vote for you. I really would. Oh, there you go. I'm glad to have your vote. I've got one vote in the whole of Australia. I think I would need more than that, apart from uh, maybe a membership in the National Party. (laughs) Uh, Now, Mon, you had a story there. What's your story you wanted to share with us? I have some good news. It could even be better, but... Positively different radio. Yes. Okay. So 
McDonald's. We actually talk about McDonald's. Would you believe? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, it's you good said we had good news, <laughs> and I just said this was positively. This is good radio. news about Maccas. Good old Maccas. Okay. So they are planning and uh, and putting into action a plan to phase out. All styrofoam um, by the end of uh, this year mm-hmm. worldwide. So I know Australia is actually already a bit of a leader when it comes to recycled packaging, but McDonald's is now stepping up their game and they want to phase out styrofoam altogether. And this is a good thing because when God gave human beings dominion over the Stewardship world. Stewardship of the earth. Yep. That is management of the world. That is mm-hmm. not just like let's go and thrash the world. Let's actually manage the resources yeah, exactly. in a sensible way. Yeah, And it's also prophetic because, you know, in the Revelation it says that God will just destroy those who destroy the earth. And we are now in a position where we really can destroy the earth. We've, you know, through the industrial revolution, we have, you know, huge machineries and and um, and ways of creating just stuff that's going to wreck our planet. And styrofoam is most definitely one of them. So styrofoam is bad for our health because it leaches chemicals into our food, mm-hmm. especially if you reheat in your styrofoam. And, and, and <clears> you think about when you're eating out of, you know, the thing that bugs me about eating out of styrofoam is my fork always yeah, gets stuck in the bottom. And it makes a horrible noise and it scratches. Fork gets stuck in the oh, bottom. I think, how much styrofoam? am I eating today, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it's also a carcinogen. And get this, so University of Cleveland has an estimate because they do say that styrofoam does not degrade at all. Yeah. They say it'll take a million years for styrofoam to break down. Mm-hmm. And that, that just blows my mind because, yep. you know, being a Christian, I don't believe the world is no, a million years old. No. I don't believe we have a million years left. Right. So basically so it's like cockroaches it's is going to, you know, survive a holocaust. <laughs> Here to stay. <laughs> So it's great that they're phasing it out. And they also have discovered... I find, find it interesting that you liken styrofoam to cockroaches. <laughs> well, you know how they always say that even there was a, a holocaust yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, So it would be like styrofoam and cockroaches running around the planet. But they, they have um, potentially found another uh, cure for the styrofoam that they do have on the planet. Apparently mealworms like to eat styrofoam. Does that then mean that um, I reckon the chickens, are chickens that eat mealworms can Another <laughs> reason to be vegetarian. <laughs> Don't eat chickens that eat mealworms that eat styrofoam. But do you know what? I like I like the thought of McDonald's phasing out anything. I actually really like the idea of McDonald's just being phased out altogether. <laughs> can you imagine what a difference to Well, the Bible speaks a lot be. about health. And this, yeah, is important pr- this is an important principle. You know, God said, I'll bring none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians if you follow mm, good health mm-hmm. practices. And uh, I reckon the, Ma- the Egyptians would have been big Macca's fans. I really do. That's right. And one of the things we talked about last week is the biggest contributor to cancer in our world right now is packaged food. Wow. And so we just get back to eating, you know, get your veggies and mm-hmm. lay them out on the on the kitchen bench and start chopping them up and make a, a good uh, plant-based meal is going to be the best food that you can possibly Absolutely, eat absolutely. And packaged food, you can't get more packaged at McDonald's, seriously. No, because it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Behold, I tell you a mystery We shall not all sleep Oh, 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 oh,
Skull was found the in the now? United. The Calaveras skull. I don't even, I've never heard. You've of never this. heard of the Calaveras skull. <laughs> well, there's probably a reason why you've never heard of the Calaveras skull because it I wasn't was, alive in 1866. <laughs> probably that too, but it was a hoax. It was a hoax. It was a hoax. Oh, I love a good hoax yes, story. It was a hoax. Who got okay, fooled? Okay, so um, the guy that was fooled was Josiah Whitney, who was the state geologist geologist of California and professor of geology at Harvard University. Mm-hmm. And of course, this skull uh, was found in an area where mastodons and mammoths and other kinds of uh, you know that kind of a wow. layer. Where, okay. And, and so he's like, well, human beings obviously lived back then, and this is a, a, a modern skull of a you know modern human being. Human beings haven't changed that much down through history. It was like the pet owner of like one of the mammoths. Is that what he thought it was? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> um, but um, so, yes, anyway, moving on. The, the, there were a number of people who challenged the uh, authenticity of it. And over time, the story began to unravel and it was found to be another one of these hoax that evolutionists have foisted on the world over and over and over again. Was it deliberate? Like, did they deliberately plant this thing to fool people? Or did someone just, you know, get confused and get their math wrong and their archaeology mixed up well we don't really know but okay. it most likely was deliberately placed so no one's owned up to the crime so to speak no one, well there have been a few people who said yes there have been a lot of finger pointing as to who did it and a few people who have even claimed and how long did it take them to figure out that it was oh, about 25-30 years oh 25 yeah that's not yeah. bad and when they did <laughs> when they did time. testing on it they found it was about a thousand years old so, okay okay um, not um, you know like several million years old as they were is this thing in a museum somewhere can we go visit it I'm not sure that you can I think after it lost credibility it kind of disappeared a little bit that's a shame because it almost becomes a museum piece because it was such a big hoax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25, absolutely. 30 years is a long time to be fooling people. Now, what few people realise is that these hoaxes actually happen quite regularly. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Because um, science is driven by ego. Oh, oh. You know, everyone wants to discover something that is new. That's true. Okay, so you make a discovery. It works basically like this. A discovery is made, um, and then somebody writes a historical narrative about that particular object. Then a press release takes place. Then a thesis is written, and then it ends up in textbooks. And then they end up famous and rich. That's famous and rich, and they get their name attached to, you know, everybody, every scientist, um, particularly in paleontology paleontology and this kind of thing, what's their name attached to some great discovery? Uh 
Uh-huh. And so it's highly motivating to find, you know, a discovery of a, you know, some piece of bone or something or other and say, oh, this is a new species. Like a missing link kind of yeah, discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine, if, um, imagine if paleontologists dug up our world, you know, um, a million years from now not knowing what we were like and they discovered all the different races in the world, they would say they were all different species. Yeah, all different, all different species with one connecting thing, yeah. an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> we're all dead with an iPhone in our hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so you had this small piece of a uh, skull bone that was found some years back. Just a small piece of a skull bone. It was just like it wasn't even the whole top, thing. No, no, just a, just a, just a piece of the cranium. Okay, um, and it became a whole new species. And they built around this thing this whole narrative. It became a whale with legs. Oh, really? It's a whale with legs. I like thought you were talking about a human skull. I didn't no, know no, this one's a different one. This is a different, this is a different one. It was a whale with legs, and you can read about it in many textbooks. You can see pictures of it and drawings on it of it and so forth. I remember it, you know, from when I was a uh-huh, kid and so uh-huh. forth. Well, I found the rest of the uh, skeleton. What was it? Someone's leftover lunch? It was an R-O-U-S. What? <laughs> what? You've never heard of an R-O-U-S? I've never... What did, Come I on! I don't even know what you're saying right now. A rodent of unusual size. <laughs> I was like, is it KFC that someone ditched? But this is even better. It was basically an overgrown rat. (laughs) overgrown rat. (laughs) This is how silly I think evolution is, to be honest. Yeah. You know, the most complete skeleton that we have of a supposed missing link Mm -hmm. is uh, the one called Lucy, which is supposedly 32 million years old ape and that supposedly walked upright, found in Africa. Now, of course, the whole argument is based on the structure of the knee bones. The knee bones. The knee bones, yes. Okay. Which were found a year earlier. Okay. <laughs> 200, 200 feet lo- lower and three kilometers away. Okay, so are they saying that she was 200 feet high and three kilometers wide? Well, that makes you wonder, you know, doesn't it? And it's like, well, how do you explain this? Oh, predation. Maybe she got eaten by something and the legs got carted over there and the rest of the body got carted Someone over someplace else. Someone has a big dinner plate. You can go to, um, you can go to the, uh, what's that big museum in, in, in Washington, D.C.? And you can see. Oh, the Smithsonian. Know, the Smithsonian. There's a whole Lucy there. Mm. Oh, yeah, really? Complete with fur and face Oh, so and this everything. is like oh, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like still a current hoax. Well, so this take, is yet to take, be like debunked. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like, seriously? It's in um, the Smithsonian. The, the, the wow. problem, of course, is that orangutans have exactly the same knee structure. Oh, oh that, do you know, it takes so much faith to be an evolutionist. How can you expect me to believe that? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's not good enough for me. Sorry, you can't get me to believe that when orangutans have the same knees. And then, of course, we have ne- ne- Neanderthal Man, and we know about Neanderthal Man now that he was a skilled hunter. Um, he believed in the art of the life. He was a skilled surgeon. Um, and so, really, you've just got another form of human being that was a little bit more stooped than we are. Probably had crickets or something or other. He was a surgeon. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, even a man surgeon. Neanderthal man intelligent. Was I thought that was supposed to be dumb. He was just a human. Was you know, when a, you call someone yeah. a Neanderthal, it's an insult. You're saying that they're dumb. But yeah. you know, and then you get these missing links, right? Yeah. And there is zero evidence. And I'm talking zero evidence of interbreeding between any missing link. Oh, wow. That doesn't seem likely at all. Yeah. But if, if Neanderthals are surgeons, well, they are most definitely smarter than me because I, I can't, I couldn't possibly surgeon anything. No, me either. Well, then you've got Piltdown Man. Piltdown Man? Yes, which was um, made up of a human skull and an orangutan jaw. I feel like we're going through some sort and, of comedy lineup for and, a comedy festival. It took 41 years for that one to be outed. Oh, wow. 41 years. And they years. actually stitched it all together. You know, it reminds me of when they, when they, um, um, oh, there was a there was a famous African American um, 
scientist, I can't remember his name, um, George Washington Carver, that was his name, and um, they stitched together this bug one time and bought this bug to him. It was all different pieces glued together and I asked him what it was. Uh-huh. And he looked at it a long time. It was a very, very good hoax, very, very well put together. And eventually he hands it back to his students and says, this is a humbug. Anyway, we need to move on We're going to listen to Fernando Ortega Come Let Us Worship Come Let us worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord Our Maker Worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord Our Maker Come Let us worship and bow down Let us worship and bow down and kneel. 
before the Lord, our Welcome back to Faith FM. It's wonderful having you with us this morning. And this morning we've got Lizeth in the studio with us. Lizeth, it is beautiful to meet you. Thank you. Well, I've kind of met you before, but it's beautiful to see you again. Yes, thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, so Lizeth, you've come to work in the northern New South Wales region. Yes. It's awesome having you here. But what has led you here? So a mentor friend of mine, Tom Evans, who is the president here at the Seventh-day Adventist North New South Wales Conference. Mm -hmm. That's a long title. It is, actually, when you put it together like that. It's just like, just give me a minute, we'll get through it. Yes, (laughs) yes. He encouraged me to apply. Mm. He said, Lisette, um, I think you would do well there in Australia. You'll be able to try all these great innovative ideas that you have, and they'll be willing to go with it. And he said, I think you should apply. Hmm. And he said, Australia is wonderful. You'll love it. And I thought, what is <laughs> like, so great about Australia? Well, you know, kangaroos. No. <laughs> he was always hmm. talking, Australia, Australia, Australia. Hmm. And finally I said, what is it? What is it? Tell me what it is. Why is it so amazing? Hmm. And aside from the beautiful beaches and everything, hmm. he said, ministry, can you can go as high as you want with ministry. Ministry hmm. it's, can be very innovative there. There's no limits to what you can do. And then he showed me pictures of what some of the churches were doing. And I thought, I've been doing this in the U.S. and I've been having to fight to do some (laughs) of these things. And here, they're just happening. Hmm. And I thought, I want to go to a place where I can seize the opportunity. Yes. Mm. Just try everything that I have in my mind. So what kind of things do you have in mind in ministry? (laughs) No, I can't tell you yet. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. (laughs) Well, um, I definitely want to see, and um, I love worship Mm. and designing worship. And so I want to see what we can do with that. Mm. Um, I also love um, building healthy churches, Mm -hmm. just making sure that the church is running well and that um, things are going well relationally within a church as well as spiritually. So mm. I like to be innovative in those areas, mm. and so I want. I'm excited. So there's a lot to of potential. See. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much to do, mm. and the fact that um, Australia comes has a secular background um, mm. much more than the US does. Yeah, we really do, and I think you know, like in the US, people seem to understand a lot more about the Bible, whereas here in Australia, people don't have that knowledge at all. So you're kind of not just introducing them to. Jesus, but you're introducing them to the whole thing, like the the whole package of spirituality. And that to me is a huge challenge, Mm. and I love challenges. So obviously you must love a challenge if you, you know, not only come here to Australia for ministry, but you've gotten into ministry anyway, because you ministry... Whatever you're doing, it, it can be a big challenge. It is a it's challenge. working with other people. <laughs> and, and being a woman in ministry mm. in the U.S., um, in some areas, it's not very well received yet. You know, mm. it's moving forward, but very slowly. Yeah. And so it was a challenge. So yeah. I guess people sort of have a more conservative mindset toward that perhaps sometimes. Yeah, they tend to be, especially in ethnic churches. Mm. And I'm Mexican, mm. um, Hispanic, and Hispanics tend to have this idea ideal and it usually is a priest <laughs> a male priest <Yeah. laughs> and women are tend to they tend to be um they are looked at as someone who assists mm. and helps but yeah. not necessarily leading out leading out mm. yeah yeah so what got you into ministry so you know 
I was a nursing major and I loved helping people, but I always felt like there was more. I wanted to do more. I used to work in an OBGYN office, and Mm any time there was either a failed pregnancy or any kind of loss or Mm. maybe the person had been wanting to get pregnant and didn't get pregnant, Mm. I wanted to comfort them in another level, and I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Even though the doctors were very generous and say, why don't you spend some time with this patient? I wanted to say, can I pray for you? Yeah, and I guess you can't really take it to that. You can't do that. Mm. And I always felt like, yes, medicine is wonderful, and you can Mm. do so much, but there's an area that you cannot reach. Mm. And I thought, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I guess, you know, looking at spiritual healing is like, you know, that is that next level. And there's only so much hope that you can give medically mm. without involving God. Yeah, How do you true. tell someone, hang in there, God sees your pain? You can't really no. in the medical no. field. And unless you're, that door is open, you're not allowed to go there. Mm. And so I was just saying, please say something. <laughs> please let me say something. Mm. I, I wanted to say, let me pray for you. Mm. Or, or can I? Or, or do you have faith? Do you believe in God? And if the answer was yes, then, then I, you could. Then yeah. I could. But So I just felt like there was something missing. Mm. Yeah. And so following that sort of calling, I think, you know, you've obviously gone into that life of ministry and just embraced it. Well, I took a mission trip to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And during that mission trip, I saw what God can do if we allow him to. I remember our meetings were out in um, in open basketball court okay and the brothers and sisters there were so amazing they hooked up our speakers to the tsunami warning siren <laughs> so they were so very loud innovative. they were very innovative mm. and every night our group was growing and mm. growing and i remember they used to say um something's gonna happen people are listening in their homes and mm. when we when we make the call people are gonna come out and it was true when we made baptismal wow. calls people came out and the whole group with other students as well there was over 300 baptisms and I remember thinking I could have stayed home I could have enjoyed my summer I could have been going to the beach and doing other things but I came here and I was a part of something and I felt I thought to myself, I could do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and in me, that it started, the Holy Spirit started stirring in me. Mm. And when I came back, nursing wasn't as exciting. And I just kept thinking, if you want me to, I would do this. Mm. And then the call came. I felt God calling me to ministry. And I just had a season where I turned everything off. I didn't want to see television. I didn't want to hear secular music I just Mm. really wanted to tune in and hear what God wanted for me Mm. and what was my purpose although I enjoyed nursing and I enjoyed that aspect there was still something missing Mm. and so by the end of that year coming back I I just got to the point where I said what is it God what do you want from me and I was invited to speak for a week of prayer at the uni. And I remember when the moment that I lifted from my um, the bench mm-hmm. to get up to preach when they announced me, I felt God said, this, this is what I've called you oh, to do. Wow. And I couldn't even respond because no. I had to preach. But inside of me, I was it's so like, excited. <laughs> like, this is the call. This is what this you is want. The <laughs> this is the moment. I've been coming to this mm. place where I've been waiting to hear. Now you finally told me, but I have to preach. I can't even say anything. <laughs> like I can't have the moment. I can't have my moment to say, yes, this mm. is it. Uh, but it was wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's amazing 
amazing though too that you've obviously been someone who's just gone with what God wants you to do and you're not frightened of something challenging or something different or no, going I like challenge. Mm. In fact, when things stop being challenging, I start getting bored. <laughs> I like problem solving. Mm. I enjoy that kind mm. of a challenge. I like being stretched. I like I like that. I, mm. I welcome that because I like knowing that I need to depend on God. Mm. When things are easy, it's so easy it's to just, just think self-reliable. Self-reliable. Yeah. To think, oh, I, I've, I've got, got this. this. Yeah. Versus, oh. I need you, God. Help. <laughs> help me. Help me please mm. and sometimes you know I say that I like this but when I'm in the middle of you it don't. I don't I say, why did you do this to me this why did terrible. you place me gone. here yeah. so I, it's a love-hate relationship yeah. with the challenge but I guess you know once you're out of it you're just like oh god you had my back the whole time yes mm. and I could see that now mm. I can also see how everything that I've been through has been preparing me for the next step the next step mm-hmm. and that's exciting it is that's really exciting to see how God says if you're faithful in this and you learn how to do this and you learn to rely on me through this I'm going to take you to a, another place and mm. and that's the story of my ministry mm. yeah so obviously you know with stepping out in faith you, yeah. you've had some amazing adventures right yes yes so I've been to Alaska and I think that was the biggest adventure of them all so far aside from this I don't know. Australia is <laughs> really <laughs> Australia is really giving me a run for my money right now. We are now. a bit more remote, but we don't have as much snow. <laughs> no, you don't. And, and this, no bears. <laughs> and this heat wave has been something oh, yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, because mm. I came from really cold mm. weather in Michigan. And um, then suddenly, surprise, surprise. Summer. Mm. But Alaska really taught me. I think it was the first place where I learned not to rely on people other people like my comfort people mm. my the people that I surrounded myself with my friends and my culture mm. I thought that I thought I knew who I was until all those things were taken away wow and then God said I'm going to show you who you really are and what you can become if you just allow me to that's amazing yeah and I a little bit confronting though I imagine is. too I also feel like it was my desert experience uh-huh. it was like I learned to rely on God I was on a missionary stipend mm-hmm. I went to a place in January I went to Alaska in January <laughs> nice which is fresh. winter <laughs> which is winter and um it was snowing and there was such a big snowstorm that I couldn't even land where I was supposed to land mm. in my island. I landed in an, uh, this island called Ketchikan and I had to call of the pastor and introduce myself over the phone. Now, th- a lot of people visit these places. Mm. So this pastor thought I was just, just a, a tourist <laughs> that was on holiday that didn't oh, want to no. pay for a hotel. Oh, no. And here I am with my luggage that I've now taken to move to mm. this little island. And he said, well, let me ask my my wife and I thought there's a possibility you're gonna say no <laughs> hey, what am I supposed to do I know nobody I'm stuck mm. here it's there's a winter storm yeah. um, luckily his wife said yes oh thank goodness <laughs> she was so nice and they um, they had me stay with them for a couple nights while mm. the storm passed and I was able to then take a ferry to my island oh wow yeah so it, it was quite an experience but there was so much snow that the pastor that took me and installed me in the in the place where I was at 
we couldn't even drive in. So he had to plow through to get the truck in so that we can get to the church. Oh, my goodness. And I remember the walls were white. Everything outside was white. Mm, inside was white. snow. Snow. Yeah. No TV. I had, like, this little radio. I had no internet. And I remember, why am I here? Why did I say <laughs> yes? And it was terrible. But mm. God taught me to rely on him. And mm. that was the best. And I learned that... Um, God was enough. Yeah. He was enough. It's not about it people enrich our lives, mm. friendships make us better, but God is enough and he can be. And once you learn that, everybody else is just extra. Mm. It's wonderful there. Bonuses. It's bonuses, <laughs> but mm. God is enough. I guess too, sometimes we really do need to strip everything back to get to that point of realizing that. You know, for some people they just see it anyway. Yeah. And I, I kind of envy that. But you know, for others of us, like we sometimes have to go through some really tough times or really challenge ourselves or get out of our comfort zones and before we see that. Yeah. And I think too, you know, particularly here in Australia, we're not always in a position to be out of our comfort zones. You know, we've got a pretty cushy life. You know, yeah. It's just like, eh, it's all good. You know, so realizing that we need to get to that moment of going, yeah, I need God and I need more of him in my life. Yeah. It can be a challenge at times. It was, it was a challenge. There were times that I felt very lonely mm. and I had to... So the churches that I was in had a chapel. Obviously, it was a church, and I lived there. So I would literally go into the sanctuary and sit there. Mm. And sometimes I would cry out to God, and I would say, help me. This is how I'm feeling today. And I would tell him how I was feeling. I felt alone. I felt out of place. I was. I would go to events to try to get into the community, and nobody looked like me. I was. I stood out like a sore oh, thumb. No. <laughs> I stood out so much and I thought to myself everyone's looking at me like I'm some kind of alien and <laughs> like who's this person is it a tourist yes. she stayed for a very long time <laughs> not, obviously is not leaving mm. but once they saw that I cared and once they saw that I was planning to stay and this mm. was going to be home they let me in and it was wonderful oh that's beautiful it was wonderful but I did have my moments of crying and feeling terribly lonely mm. i had friends that would send me care packages oh, good. <laughs> those were the best but mm. but god taught me to rely on him mm. and i i miss that sometimes yeah. yeah but i guess that's something that you know you'll probably experience in your ministry you know wherever you go yeah. that god will always be there sort of you know tapping you on the shoulder going hey i'm here <laughs> And knowing mm. that some experiences are only for a season. Mm. And so God said, right now, this is where we need to be. Mm. And this is I have something for you to do here. Well, it's so exciting to have you here in Australia. It really is. Thank and I'm sure you. that God is going to bless what you have to share and the challenges that you have to share with people yes. that you're ministering to. Yes. Just before we wrap things up, is there one thing that you would advise our listeners to do if they are really searching to have that connection with God? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I would do is to be honest with yourself and with God. Mm. Just coming to God and saying, this is how I feel. It's not that God doesn't know how we feel. He already knows, but He wants to hear us say it. That's so true. It's part of us realizing, okay, this is where I'm at. And being honest, this is how I feel about my work life, my spiritual life, my home life, and I want to hand this over to you. Mm. So the surrendering and allowing God to work in these areas of our lives, being honest about how we feel and asking God, 
what do you want from me? I know what I want, but what do you want? Because ultimately, if you allow God, he's going to fill you with so much love, not only for your family and your friends and your coworkers, but he's going to give your life purpose and meaning. Mm. And I believe that that can only happen when you surrender it. So my advice is to be honest and then to surrender. Beautiful advice. Couldn't have asked for better. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Lizette. It's been beautiful having you here. Thank you. Well, you're listening to Faith FM with Adele and Lizette. We'll be back right after this with more.
with a whole family and great stuff for their house as well. And the people there are so friendly, they love a chat. <laughs> Sounds good. It gets better. If you mention you heard this ad on Faith FM, you can fill a bag of clothes for just $5. Well, I'm in. When is it open? They're open every Wednesday and Thursday from 9 to 3. Looks like we'll have to make a date. Remember, it's the Adra Op Shop at 805 David Street. I'll see you there next week. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.